Could TJ Finley really be Auburn's starting quarterback this season? Tank Bixby seems to think so. Freezing temperatures are likely for several hours inland and a few hours closer to the coast. Yes. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby. Thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. Joining me on this Monday, Daryl Daprich, Montgomery Radio vet, and joins us to talk Auburn basketball every single postgame show, which we will touch on in a moment as the Tigers are dancing in Birmingham. But first things first. Daryl saw some comments from Tank Bixby over the weekend. Former Auburn star running back will be in the NFL in just a few weeks here. But in an interview that he had with Tom Green of AL.com, they talked about several different things, but eventually he praised Finley's ability to remain calm. He said, quote, he's a very calm guy, you know, in situation, never trips. All the adversity he's been through, he keeps going. He keeps fighting. He's looking for more, and I can relate to guys like that and said that these were all reasons that maybe TJ Finley could win the starting quarterback job in 2023. Your thoughts. There's some buzzwords in there that make it very, very obvious why tank Bigsby is leaning this way. Let me give you three points as to why I think, and and what's important in his declaration. Number one, he's saying this, assuming that no quarterback is going to come to Auburn after spring practice, which we still don't know if some things are going to play out that way in the transfer portal. So he's saying that right now based upon the current quarterbacks that are on the roster. That's very, very important. I think the whole dynamic changes on that if if there's somebody else that comes. Number two, Tank Bigsby isn't Hugh Freeze or Phil Montgomery. So I'm not trying to be disrespectful to his opinion, but his opinion – for people that think that Tank Bigsby says this and declares this, that that's what it's going to be, it, it's it's not. It, with all due respect, it doesn't matter what Tank Bigsby thinks. He's not in practice. Right now, he's not a member of the Auburn football team, so he's not in spring practice. He's not watching the quarterbacks throw. He, he's, he's not Hugh Freeze or from Montgomery. The third thing to me is I think he's making this statement because he's it's personal for him. When he says he stays calm, it's very obvious to me at what angle he's coming at with this. Tell me, go back to last season and tell me the most visible teammates you saw more than once getting into it on the sidelines. Who was it? It was Robbie and Tank. Not once, not twice, three times where they literally had to separate from each other, where Robbie's screaming at him, don't give up on me, don't give up on me, where Tank Bigsby – Robbie's acting, you know, upset on the sidelines, not showing calm, not showing composure, showing a lot of emotion mm-hmm. and out of control a little bit. And Tank Bigsby and him are having words. And it was all precipitated by Robbie pulling the, the read option out of Tank's gut and walking into the end zone. Bigsby didn't like that. But they had words more than once. It was heated. It was definitely emotional. And it wasn't calm. He wasn't very collected on the sidelines. Robbie was pretty upset. That's where I think this whole genesis comes from with Tank's big, Tank Bigsby saying that about T.J. Finley. In my opinion, just an opinion, it's a little bit of a throwing shade at Robbie Ashford for the two problems that they had on the sidelines during the course of this year. That's right. That's certainly right. And so 
I uh, and I just want to be clear. That's not part of Robbie's game that I think needs to be fixed. Uh, I, I think my biggest concern with Robbie is his accuracy with his arm. I like the passion. You need to control it to some extent, but I, I don't think John on the sideline with the teammates like the end of the world. I, I think context matters, um, but I, I don't think that it's like, oh, that's that's why Robbie's not a good quarterback. I, I'm not. I'm not. I don't think. That, yeah, I'll make sure. I. I'm not saying that either. I'm not criticizing the kid for that emotion. Sure. I'm saying that's where Tank Bigsby is coming from, in my opinion, with his, you know, lifting up of TJ Finley. And to me, I think that's super ironic. And I'll just leave it at that. I think the aspect of a player talking about it, because I think a narrative is like, oh, okay, well, TJ gave up on the team towards the end of last year. So that's why I was a little surprised to see it. But you brought up an angle that I really wasn't considering. If you're asking me my opinion and yours is, I think, similar to this, if I'm a player at the collegiate level, do I want a teammate who kind of quits on me or refuses to go in, or do I want a teammate that's mad as crap and emotional because he cares so much on the sidelines? I'll take that second dude all day long. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I just, uh, I'm also a little surprised that he just gave an answer. <laughs> Normally. Normally, when you ask players, and I, I, I mean, I've interviewed, you know, Auburn guys going through the draft process a ton of times that have asked them that question. And, um, you know, or who's going to step up? And it's all, it's all generic, right? Everybody's always great. Everybody always is primed for a big year. And so I, I was a little surprised that he was so in the TJ camp. Um, I don't think it's so much in the TJ camp. See, that tells me he was so. Back he, exactly. He was so. Got uh, eager to answer that question i mean that you it, it, that it was not so much pro tj in my opinion it was anti robbie that's interesting do you think that dynamic at all impacts the quarterback position in regards to you know the starting quarterbacks in a need to get along with jarquez hunter well true but maybe jarquez hunter doesn't have the same worldview about robbie ashford that tank bigsby does maybe jarquez hunter they certainly probably, seem different yeah, maybe Jarquez Hunter, what matters more to him is somebody refusing to go into a football game or basically quitting on his teammates. Maybe that is more important to Jarquez Hunter than – because it wasn't personal, because Jarquez Hunter never got into a screaming match on the sideline. I think that's what's clouding Tank Bigsby's view of this. Maybe the rest of the team is like, you know, I'd, I'd rather go to war with somebody that's like that than just refuse to get, to get into the line of battle with me. I get it. I get it. Daryl Daprich, our guest. All right. The Auburn Tigers are dancing, Daryl, and they're going uh, two hours away up north to Birmingham to take on Iowa. And look, Daryl, I'm going to cut to the chase. I think this is a winnable game, and we'll touch on that in just a moment right here on Locked on Auburn. Today's show brought to you by our friends Daryl Daprich at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the planet, if you like delicious treats, they're all covered 100% in chocolate, delicious, decadent chocolate. Very low in calories, very low in sugar, very high in protein. And look, Built Bar, they've got the Built March Madness bracket. It's here, and we all know that you have a favorite bar or puff, and now it's time to make it count. Go to BuiltMarchMadness.com to vote on your favorites it's going to be hard because they're all so delicious but also head over um, to built.com to check out all the different built bars and built puffs 
Very, very good for you. And a great treat while we're all going to be watching a lot of college basketball in the coming weeks. Built Bar, thank you so much for being a partner with Locked on Auburn. Daryl Daprich joining me on this Monday. The Tigers are dancing, taking on the Iowa Hawkeyes. And look, we were we were watching this game or the the selection Sunday show together, Daryl, as we were about to go live here on Locked on Auburn. And the eight seed Iowa popped up and I'm like, it's in Birmingham. And he's like, give me nine. I want the nine seed. I want it. And then Auburn popped up. And I just think the fact that it's two hours away, Daryl, is so huge. It's so huge for Auburn. I think it's huge for this team that really feeds off of emotion. And I think it also kind of the, the matchup, I think, is pretty close. And we'll talk on that in just a second, Daryl, because I think both of these teams are really, really similar. But anything that can give Auburn the edge in this 8-9 matchup, and by nature, the 8-9 matchup should be close. Those seeds are right next to each other for a reason. But, man, I just – I've got a really good feeling about this game coming up on Thursday at 11 o'clock Central time. Well, Auburn got whatever they – what they hoped for. Um, you know, 8-9 are interchangeable. Whether you're 8 or 9 doesn't matter. It's just a uniform color that you wear. So being able to stay away from the 11 – now, some people think it's more advantageous to be a 10 seed. I'd much rather be a 9 seed in Birmingham than a 10 seed in Sacramento. Mm -hmm. I know you avoid the number one seed in the second round, but who cares? You have the opportunity to play in Birmingham. Yeah. You have the opportunity to have your fan base travel an hour and a half away to watch you and to give you a little of that home crowd advantage in Birmingham. Look, the Blue Bloods are usually the teams that get this, the Dukes, the North Carolinas, you know, Gonzaga plays in Seattle in the first round, and, you know, UCLA has played in San Diego, and Arizona's played in Las Vegas. I mean, that's even, you know, Duke's played in Charlotte. But to be able to play in Birmingham is a tremendous advantage and a tremendous break for Auburn. You're right down the road. Like I said, Auburn Nation can uh, follow you. So a lot of the bracket matrix that I saw – that run different scenarios, like 47 different scenarios. The one that it hit on the most was Auburn getting a nine seed. Right. And the region that came up the most was Des Moines, Iowa, and tied with Birmingham, Alabama. Right. So it was pretty dead-on accurate. And if you're an Auburn fan, you need to get up to Birmingham, support this basketball team. It's a tremendous opportunity. Yeah, there, I don't think there's any question about just the gift that this team has been given. And, I mean, this is a team that a lot of – National pundits said they'd be lucky to get into the tournament. Now, all of a sudden, they're sitting in the nine seed. They are going to pretty much play a home game against Iowa, I bet. I bet. And we'll certainly see how the ticket situation unfolds in Birmingham. But this team shoots the ball really well, talking about Iowa. Um, they score at a pretty efficient rate. They're third in adjusted offensive efficiency, according to Ken Palm, which means they score a lot of points over the course of 100 possessions, which is what – what Kim Palm really focuses on. But you look at it in their total score. Auburn is higher than them on Ken Palm. Auburn is higher on them than, than in the net. And I, I think, Daryl, we've said this before when we've done our postgame show here on Locked on Auburn. I think the way that this game's going to go is going to be more dependent on Auburn. Unless, unless Iowa just gets smoking hot, right, and they're shooting 50% from three or whatever, then I, I don't think Auburn's really got much of a shot. But... I think if this Auburn team could take care of the basketball, play smart basketball, don't make silly decisions, and just kind of live in the moment, 
they've got the talent to to really hand it to, to Iowa. And we'll certainly see how that goes on Thursday. It's a good matchup for Auburn based upon a couple of things. Number one, you know exactly what you have to do from a defensive matrix standpoint and metric standpoint. Iowa lives and dies with the three. On the year, they average about 34%. But in the games that they've lost, they've been under 40%. The games they've won, they've been over 40%. So if you can extend defensively, get out in the in the uh, shooting lanes and maintain or you know kind of contain Iowa under 40%, you have a good chance to win. Because I like Auburn's advantage down low with the bigs. You cannot allow them to get hot and start to hit threes because – if you do, it's going to be it's going to be a long a long day. I was lives and dies with the three. So Auburn, from a defensive standpoint, knows what the challenge is. They know what right. they have to do. Now, on the flip side, Iowa gives up about seventy four points a game. So they're not stellar defensively. Uh, they play in a league in the Big Ten that likes to muck it up a little bit and is really you know, I think from a from an athletic standpoint, focuses more on. Some of the teams in the Big Ten had some, you know, half-court offense, that kind of thing. It's not a transition league. So if Auburn can get out and transition, get some blocks, get some rebounds, they got to rebound the basketball game. Basketball. They cannot let Iowa beat them on the glass like some of these teams have with second-chance points. Arkansas killed Auburn with second-chance points. You can't allow that. Because what Iowa will do, Zach, is they'll grab the rebound, and instead of trying to go back up and lay it up, they'll kick it back out behind the three-point arc and, and bury you that way. So you've got to get the rebound, try to get some transition baskets. If you can do that, if you're Auburn, it can get some, limit them to one shot, can hold them under 40% from behind three and get some run out baskets on your own. You have a very, very good chance to get out of the first round. And I think that's exciting. And I, I think the fact also that it's in Birmingham is going to be huge. I think it's going to be huge. You mentioned in the live show, you think that's worth six points. We will certainly see. And um, we'll talk about FanDuel's line, opening line, in just a second. But obviously, if you beat Iowa, then you have to play a very good Houston team. And I've already seen some Auburn fans saying, oh, well, Houston, you know, they're missing a few key guys. They're beatable. And it's like, well, stop. Houston's good. <laughs> the Houston yeah. Cougars are a very, very good basketball team. They've got more than one just good uh, one, one, more than just one good player. And so I certainly think that's an element that, you know, maybe don't worry about Houston until after you beat Iowa because Iowa's not a bad basketball team. But I just – it's hard not to think about, one, the opportunity to upset a one seed because that's going to be fun. But also the angle of, okay, well, you're playing Thursday morning. There's not a whole lot of people that are going to be able to, like, get out and, go, you know, get out of work and, and go to that. There's, there's going to be a, a limited group of Auburn people are going to be able to do that. You open up to the weekend, Daryl. And just the amount of people that could flock to Birmingham to support the Tigers, I mean, that could be pretty electric. It could, and that's why I think it's a very, very – I mean, you know, Houston uh, you know, lost to Memphis in their conference title game. I get it. Memphis, you know, really played well against Auburn and Atlanta on a neutral floor, so we've, we've had some dealings with that conference, know all about that conference. I think Kelvin Sampson is a pretty good tournament coach when it comes to the postseason. He's a seasoned veteran. So, look, if you're, luck, if you're fortunate enough to get by Iowa, and which is a pretty evenly matched – game, which it should be eight versus nine. You give Auburn, in my opinion, a slight advantage, a slight bump because they're playing what you know amounts to almost a home game unless Iowa fans go out there and buy up all those tickets. I can't see that happening. Mm -hmm. um, you know, don't underestimate the 
Auburn, Alabama angle to this, that if Alabama bought up a lot of tickets knowing a week ago that they were pretty much locked into Birmingham. Right. And for the most part, there are some people, I know it's hard to believe, but you got Auburn and Alabama people that are good friends and know each other in business and that kind of stuff. Who's to say that the people that bought up the Alabama tickets won't say, hey, I've got a ticket for a session if you want to come to the game. You're my Auburn buddy. Who knows? I mean, there's people that, that are like well, I that. Ca- I kind of expected that to go the other way. Like Alabama people then just pulling for Iowa is actually how I thought you were about to. Well, to I, I'm just saying this. I know that I understand the rivalry and I get it. And the rivalry is heated. But a lot of corporations buy up these tickets. And yeah. a lot of people that were, you know, buying them up in blocks thinking that Alabama was going to go might be willing to give some tickets to a really good customer or something like that to get Auburn fans in the building. You never know the dynamics of that. So, yeah. And the other thing too, they could give the tickets away because they want to, or they want to go and pull for Iowa makes total sense. But um, I think that there's going to be a pretty strong Auburn showing. And I think that it's going to be like a home game and people need to capitalize on that. And then if you're fortunate enough to get to the Houston matchup, Houston's going to be playing a game like on the road. Daryl, the, the initial time that we saw that was listed on a couple of ticketing websites and on some sports books, it looks like the time was wrong. Um, this will be a 5.50 tip on Thursday. 5.50 in the evening, TNT will broadcast the game. You'll have Jim Nance, Bill Rafferty, Grant Hill, and Tracy Wolfson. So solid crew there. Um, in our post-game show, there <laughs> we talked about the impact of playing at 11 o'clock. That's not the case. So they'll play Thursday evening which is much better for viewership. People can get home from work and then watch the Tigers. Well, much better for people that may want to go to Birmingham to watch the game. I mean, if you're an Auburn fan and you want to work till one o'clock or two o'clock and then spool over, if you live in Birmingham, which a lot of people, there's a lot of Auburn people that the Auburn club and a lot of Auburn people in Birmingham, you get off work at four and go on over to the arena. That, but that's a lot better and conducive for, for getting Auburn fans in the building. Mm -hmm. That's right. That's right. Um, Okay. So, we saw this note, friend of the program, Justin Ferguson, tweeted this out, said Auburn faced a school record 13 NCAA tournament teams this season, smashing the previous high of 10 in 2021. Also, the Tigers played six non-conference opponents that made it in, Memphis, West Virginia, Northwestern, USC, Colgate, and Texas Southern, breaking the previous program record of four. And so it's kind of funny. We spent all this time talking about how weak Auburn's non-conference schedule was, and it ended up being okay. I mean, that's pretty amazing to think you're playing 13 teams that are in the NCAA tournament. I remember early in the year when clown show Jeff Goodman, the national writer for basketball, was just taking all kind of heat because he wouldn't rank Auburn in his top 25. His mantra was, yep. you're end up not going to play anybody that's in the tournament. What a joke that turned out to be because that's Auburn's all-time high, 13 teams that are in the tournament. And, I, you know, obviously we didn't break down what their record was against those teams in the tournament. I think it would be close to 500. I don't think it was very, very lopsided because you had a couple of those early non-conference games that you won. Uh, and then like Mississippi State and Arkansas and those teams that you also beat in the regular season. So Tennessee right. – Right. So, yeah, it may, be, it may be six and seven or something like that, which isn't bad, which isn't bad at all. Uh, I mean, the, the fact that you've gotten to play in similar situations like this all season, I think, is, is certainly helpful. Um, we'll see. 
you know, two of those losses are, you know, you got two losses to Alabama, you got two losses to AM, you split with Tennessee, and then like you lose on the road to West Virginia and you lose in a neutral site to Memphis. And, you know, none, none of that's great, but there still were definitely silver linings in the season. And people, people don't want to acknowledge those, Daryl, but we're about to. There's a lot to be excited about where Auburn basketball is currently. So many people have labeled this season as like, not successful. Get out of here with all that crap. We'll talk about that in a moment right here on Locked on Auburn. Today's show brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. Daryl, the line, the opening line for FanDuel, Auburn, Iowa in the tournament, is Iowa favored by half a point. So it's a pick em. It's a pick, pick em. Em. Which is yeah. good for an 8-9 matchup. Makes sense, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm curious to see. I, I bet that line moves one way or the other. We'll certainly see which way it does. Um, just kind of based on Auburn's history, wouldn't be shocked if it moved in favor of Iowa, just because that's kind of the way Auburn's always viewed in this. And I get it, you know, but I think there's a lot of issues with, with Iowa, much like there's a lot of issues with this Auburn team. We'll touch on that in a second, but yeah, be sure to check out our friends at fanduel.com slash locked on college basketball. It's the time to, to make sure, uh, make sure you're ready. Go ahead and head over to FanDuel and, Get your deposit in, and so you're ready to just kind of pull um, pull out some of these bets because it's going to be a lot of fun. FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel. Yeah, Daryl, I, I think the whole narrative of like this season not being successful is ridiculous. I mean, you're a nine seed when so many people thought, you know, there are a lot of national pundits that seemed a little upset that Auburn was a nine seed. And just put yourself in the perspective of everyone's labeling this as a down year for Auburn basketball. And you're a nine seed in the NCAA tournament. Historically, Auburn's done well out of that spot too. The nine seed, the 10 seed, they've gone out west a couple times with an 11 seed, that kind of thing, and done, done well. So this is a position that Auburn should thrive in. Um, at this point in the season, you get into the NCAA tournament comfortably. There's no play in. You weren't an 11 seed or a 10 seed where it was close. I think Auburn's, uh, their fate was sealed when they beat Tennessee. Now, could they have moved their seed line up one or two had they made a run in the SEC tournament? Maybe. 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 History says that they, <laughs> typically it doesn't dictate that. So I think Auburn's a solid nine. Uh, the fact that they get to play in Birmingham. Look, if you'd have told me at the beginning of the year, that Auburn was going to win 20, 21 games. They were going to end up being in Birmingham as an eight or a nine seed. You know, I, I, I would have taken that. Now, I would have I would have prefaced that by saying I didn't think coming out of the Israel tour, I thought Auburn, would, would have, their ceiling would have been a little bit higher than that. But if you'd have told me Chance Westry and Johan Trehor would not have panned out in, in this, this particular year and not played particularly well, um, then, yeah, I would have said, I'll take that. And so that's where we are. And now it's time for guys like Katie Johnson and Wendell Green and Alan Flanagan and some of these guys, Jalen Williams, that are seasoned experience to thrive come tournament time. I'm with you. I'm with you. It's, it's their chance, right? And we, we've seen this team respond when their backs were against the wall. I think you could argue that their backs were probably against the wall against Arkansas in the SEC tournament. And, you know, we saw how they responded in the first half. It wasn't great. But for the most part, like Missouri, I mean, that's one of their better games that they've played all year. And then the season Tennessee finale game. against yeah. Tennessee, right? In both those must situations, have. those were labeled as must wins, right? 
And obviously this is a must-win situation because all of a sudden, now that you're going to, we assume you'll pretty much have home court advantage when it comes to fans and attendance on Thursday. You've got a chance. Like, if you win, nobody can say this is a failure of a year. You just can't do it. I mean, Auburn doesn't have a whole lot of NCAA tournament wins in their history. And the fact that you can add to that on a 20-win season, like, you take it. And so, um, I'm not going to say, like, there's a lot at stake here. But as far as, I mean, there's a lot of dudes on this roster that were a big part of this the ascension of this program. And I'd love to see him go out with a tournament win and then a chance to beat Houston. I mean, that'd be a lot of, lot of fun. And, you know, maybe, maybe Auburn catches heat at the right time. We'll certainly see. Maybe Houston has those injuries kind of pile up and they can't catch up. I mean, we'll see. We'll certainly see. I mean, one seed's losing the second round of the tournament all the time. You know, who, who's to say Auburn can't contribute to that? So um, I love this draw, Daryl. I can't imagine it could have been much better than what we got. I think your point that if you just win one game in the tournament, you can't deem it as a not a successful season. I agree 100%. Number one, that means you're getting to the weekend of the NCAA tournament. And then nobody is going to begrudge you or consider you a failure if you get bounced by the number one seed, right? I mean, it'd be different if you were a three seed and you go out and win your first game and then you play the 10 seed you know, game two, and you get beat, then it's a failure. But if you win, mm -hmm. you win on Thursday and advance to Saturday and end up getting bounced right. from Houston, who's a number one seed. Who, who can begrudge that? You're, yeah, you're, yeah. you lost to the number one seed to a number one seed. Daryl, how can people check out everything you've got going on, brother? Uh, DAP sixty four ten on Twitter. On Monday mornings at seven ten a.m., I'm with Ben Taylor on Auburn Overlake this morning at about one thirty five. I'm with Doug Amos on the Max Roundtable, and I'm with you after every basketball game, and we'll see how far we can get this extended. Yep, hopefully we have several more shows together yeah. talking about this basketball team, but we will definitely have one this Thursday after they take care of business, hopefully against Iowa. Even if they don't, we'll, um, we'll still recap the season together whenever the season does come to an end. You can find all my written work at auburndaily.com, and we'll see you tomorrow. This has been Locked on Auburn.